Larkin, we saw the bands. Nope, we didn't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we did. Oh, uh, man. Too many band musicals. <laughs> we saw the boys in the bands visit. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nope, I'm sorry. Larkin, we saw the band's maid's tale. <laughs> nope, that's not, that's not what we saw. Uh, bandstand? We, yeah, no, we did not see bandstand. <laughs> Very close. We saw the ice band coming. It's the Broadway. <laughs> nope, that's not what we saw either. Nope, nope, uh, nope, nope, what nope. did we see? <laughs> we saw Getting the Band Back, back together. together. Yes, the band was not together. And they, they got, got it, it back, back together. together. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> excellent. So this is a new original musical. Not a derivative work. Very Not, exciting. If you're thinking, hey, I'll watch the movie first and then I'll know what happens. Can't do that. Can't do that because the book is credited to a group who worked on it and improvised it. Ken Davenport in the Grendel Shots. Yes. One of the producers came out and told us, hey, this is a new original work, which is very exciting because there's not a lot of that on Broadway. A lot of things derived from a film. Very exciting. Very, very exciting. Which, for our listeners, I think we should explain a little bit of our jazz hands rating. We do give a little more credit when it's an original musical and an original book and original songs because that's harder. Well, and also it's not a sure thing. So the producers who are putting their money behind the show don't know whether or not it's going to be successful. Right. And I can't watch the movie and say, hey, they chose to do this and they chose not to do that. Boo hoo on the book writer. (laughs) So I can't do that. So less points against you. (laughs) Easier to get a high score. Let's get into it, Larkin. Give us the overview of this musical Okay, so at the start of getting the band back together, Mitch Papadopoulos turns 40, loses his job, and moves home to New Jersey to gasp, live with his mom. (sighs) He runs into his former musical arch nemesis, Tygen, who cannot let go of the fact that Mitch's high school rock band, the Juggernauts, beat his band, Mouthfeel, in the Battle of the Bands. Tygen also happens to be dating Mitch's high school sweetheart, Danny. And also happens to own 70% of the town because he took a foreclosure class after his dad turned state witness. Tygen threatens to foreclose on Mitch's mother's house if Mitch and the Juggernauts do not agree to a rematch. So, Mitch convinces his friends Bart, Sully, and Robbie to get the band back together so he can wager a 20-year-old trophy for his mother's house. Exactly, yeah. Very simple plot. (laughs) Simple classic story. Great. (laughs) Before we get into good things, I just want to talk about how the first act went about. So there's an overture, there's an opening number about New Jersey, which is just a lot of jabs at Jersey stereotypes. Super, super funny. Yeah, and Mitch talks about how he just lost his job and he's going to have to move in with his mom back to his hometown in middle-ish New Jersey, which is very tri-state area. Everyone kind of understands where that is. They understand the stereotypes. There's probably a lot of Jersey people in the audience. So a lot of those were softballs for laughs. Then there's a lot of plot that happens. So we meet Bart, who is a math teacher. Who's Who's very bad at math. 
and also does drugs. Just weed. He's high for one scene and then never high again, (laughs) which was kind of a fun character trait I would have liked to see again. No, they make jokes about it later. Okay. Then we have his mom show up. Sharon. Sharon. And give a little backstory about how his dad's dead. And then his high school girlfriend comes in who talks about how she's becoming a personal trainer. They have a little bit of a meet cute or re-meet cute. Then we get all of the Tygen and the mouthfeels coming by his house. So his house, which is a garage with a hoop on the top, is in a very walked area in this small (laughs) town where everybody drives. (laughs) And so we meet the mouthfeels, which they have their name because they had one hit that was like in, in a, a mouth in a dental commercial, commercial or something, which is funny because the name of the band, I guess, was the mouthfeels before they got this. <laughs> How does your mouth feel? <laughs> so we learn all those things that Larkin just said about Tygen, mm-hmm. that he owns 70% of the town. Most of the town is foreclosing on their homes. His dad turned state witness. He took a foreclosure class and Mitch's mom is paying his old girlfriend for personal training lessons and she's also a piano teacher. And he gets challenged to the Battle of the Bands all in the first scene. <sighs> yep. And he declines at first. He declines at first. Classic hero declining the adventure. It's a classic story arc. Yes. So... All of those things happen and he has a flashback and he sings his I want to be a rock star ballad, right? Yep. No, we learn later that Tygen is dating his ex-girlfriend, Danny. Danny also has her daughter is Billy, right? Mm -hmm. So Danny and Billy, both girls, don't get confused in this podcast. All I was trying to say is you learn a ton, ton of in the first scene. No, it's, you really do. It's like, whoa. And then they go on the adventure of like trying to get the bandmates back together. Yes. Then they go start finding the band. So maybe you talk about good things. What did you like? So I loved one that this was an original book and it had original music. I am so tired of seeing the same things over and over again. It's fun to see someone take a little bit of a risk. That's fun. I'm okay with an adaptation, but if all of the dialogue is word for word from the movie and they don't take any liberties with the movie, I'm not a fan. Same. Several um, waitress, but you know. Eh. Wait, you gotta have an exception to every rule. True. So I also thought that some of the songs that were in the show were extremely funny and super, super clever. For example, there is a song when Bart, who is the math teacher who's bad at math, confesses to Mitch that he's sleeping with Mitch's mom. And it is the funniest ballad ever. It's it's super funny. The chorus is, I slept with your mom. I think we have a clip. We do. Here is a clip. It's a very unapologetic I like your mom. I feel like a lot of the ways that's played in TV and movies is the... I'm embarrassed about it. Either I'm embarrassed about it or a fight breaks out versus unapologetically being like, yeah, man, I did it. Well, and also like Mitch's reaction to it is not angry. It's just mildly sickened. He faints a couple of times at some of the more graphic lyrics, which are hilarious. The title of the song is Bart's Confession. Which is very funny. I also really liked when Sully confesses his love to Roxanne, who is one of his fellow police officers who's studying with him for the detective's exam. It's called Life Without Parole. And it is filled with these unbelievably clever puns and police jokes. Uh, like, I intend to possess your heart for life. I'm in need of backup. 
and then everybody chimes in as backup dancers and backup singers. Yeah, not to get into bad things, but this is one of my classic critiques is the first act was a little light on what I thought were good songs. One of those guys I think was okay. You know, Jersey was an opening number, which was fine. How Does Your Mouth Feel was not even a whole song. Then there was a But rep- it was super funny. Yeah. Then there was a reprise, getting the band back together, fine. I did like uh, The Best Day of My Life, which was Mitch and Danny's flashback song where they talked about how they fell in love at... Uh, Carnival. Carnival. It was really sweet. It was very sweet. There was a couple questions in my mind, which was... Who throws up in a cup? No, not that. It was during the musical you find out, oh, he was very happy playing music, but you don't really find out why he gave it up. He just felt like he had to versus... Well, he said he didn't succeed, and that's one of the reasons why he broke up with Danny. He didn't come back to her. Yeah, but it was... You don't see a lot of personal transformation in him. You just see him rediscovering himself, not dealing with why he changed and what he was missing it's like a different story though it's a rediscovery of yourself and what makes you happy versus changing yourself to make you happy i think that that's beautiful in a way but i think it could have been a little more pointed because at the end they were talking about a do-over which they didn't really mention until the second act it was when they were all in jail they said oh remember when we used to hit a ball into the yard what did we do we took a do-over is one of those guys songs is not really about wanting a do-over but i would have liked that a lot better because then it would have reinforced at the end and i've been like he got his do-over mm-hmm. yeah i really liked it best day of my life i thought was a good song and then the second act had a lot more stacked songs. It really picked up energy because you had Hava Nagila. the Hava Nagila song, which, which had an amazing rap sequence in it. It was not what I was expecting. And when it came out that that was what they were singing, I died. I died. I cried. I was laughing so hard. Yes. I feel like sometimes when you have raps in musicals, they feel contrived. But this one felt modest Yahoo. It's <laughs> He's basically a Jewish reggae rapping guy. Who's it's a very specific very reference. Specific ra- <laughs> I don't know how to say this correctly. It was a young kid <laughs> rapping. It almost reminded me of like Jewish. Aaron Carter. Yes. It was very Aaron Carter in the sense that it was like, okay. It felt natural to the character. So good. Yes. You also had I Just Want Real, which was a beautiful song sung by Danny and then also several of the other women in the cast. It basically is, I don't want a fairy tale. I want someone who's real. I want someone who... It was good. It's a very like male-focused primary story, and a lot of the secondary characters are their love interests, but I thought they gave them a lot of good songs, which I think is a good balance. Because a lot of that can just be, hey, I want the girl. Great, I got the girl. You have the guy singing about the girl the whole time, and the girl doesn't get to give her perspective. I thought it was great they gave the women in the story their One own song. <laughs> there, I mean, there were a couple of songs that were... A couple of them were ensemble Did the mom get a song, too? The mom got yeah, a song. Mom. mom got What Would Joe Perry Do, WWPJ. 
a lot of them are company songs, but and Roxy did Battle for Your Life, which was fun. Super fun. She was amazing. That's actually one of my bad things that Roxy didn't get more singing time because her voice was unreal. We were listening to her do the outro basically for after they did the bows and her voice was ridiculous. A lot of the women in this musical had great voices and didn't get to hear much of it because they weren't in the band. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. The boys in the band were also good. Wait, no, that's a different musical. <laughs> no, nope, not a musical. It's a different play. Also, the boys in the band was so good. I thought they might, when they had the 16-year-old join the band, I thought it might be a girl. And I was like, what? Crazy. Oh, that's fine, though. So we sat pretty close to the front. We were like five or six rows back on the aisle. And there was a ton of audience work. So I got a high five. I got a newspaper from the paper boy. I got a flyer. Yeah, for for the auditions. For the auditions for the band. We got Rice Krispie treats from the mom. She came out into the audience at intermission and was like handing out Rice Krispie treats, which was fun and a callback to the show. Yeah. Super fun. I know that sounds cheesy, but it actually really made the show feel more campy and it made it feel like everybody was buying into it. The show was incredibly campy. But that's okay. Some shows are campy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm just preparing people in terms of... The tone, yeah. Right. It's goofy, funny, campy, high energy, silly, doesn't take itself too seriously. I mean, there's lots of joking and breaking of the fourth wall even. Yes. I think there are certain musicals that go for a certain type of comedy, like Book of Mormon is very social satire. Yeah. Most of what it's doing is social satire of, hey, let's make fun of these groups of people and the expectations of the things that they want and and the things they're afraid of. This had a lot of campy type jokes where one of the running bits, which I did like, was... I know exactly what you're going to say. Go ahead. The villain character would say it's like my dad always said there's two types of people and then he walked away (laughs) (laughs) which i love because it's half of a joke all the time it was basically like set up leave (laughs) set up and leave that was also funny i also like he would like set something up and then his sidekick would fill in the you know what my dad always says and then the sidekick would say something like really horrific the villain said it's like my dad always said and then his sidekick said if you have a cough take a laxative because you'll be afraid to cough and that was very funny it was so funny there were also jokes that i thought were lazy in the sense of all the that's what she said jokes that's a blatant steal from the office and it's been used ad nauseum which is like it was well used in the show i understand it but it's also I mean, you have a whole Easy. a story arc where you have Bart having like a relationship with Mitch's mom. Like, it's funny. Oh, I'm saying the comedy is, it's not sophisticated. <laughs> That's all I'm trying to say. But the show doesn't purport to be sophisticated. No, I know. I'm just, I'm telling you, it's not groundbreaking comedy. No, no. <laughs> also, speaking of sophisticated jokes, though. Yes. They had lots of great Broadway puns and references. They did. Like yes. some pretty awesome homages like Dear Evan Hansen's Evan Hansen Comes and Auditions for the Band. Hilarious. Yep. They were waving a... Like the Les Mis flag. The Les Mis flag, which had a New Jersey sports team. I think it was the... I forget, the Devils or something. And they also had the Naked Cowboy, but it was a Naked Pilgrim instead. They had a bunch of New York Times Square jokes. 
uh it was so funny like i i laughed the whole show they had harry potter jokes yeah honestly though i laughed the whole show and it's been a long time since i've really laughed at a broadway comedy like i really found it hilarious like i definitely i'm not saying it wasn't funny i'm just saying it's campy and it's a broad appeal of humor like my dad would laugh at it my dad would laugh at. i want to take my dad to the show i think he would love it i mean it's it's a story arc that appeals to lots of people too everybody wants to think about the dream that they had when they were growing up and succeeding yeah okay i thought the villain jokes were very funny i thought they did the villain in a good way he was super funny he was very complicated very <laughs> on like just also like, like it's like my dad like, always says he doesn't love me <laughs> it's like oh. yes complicated from a super cocky person that has a very sad life but he's living it up which is very funny fantastic yes so should we do some bad things sure 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 so like you said in the beginning when we were talking about the plot there is a lot that happens in the first few scenes and i thought that it took a few scenes really to get a feel for what the show was going to be like the beginning felt a little awkward to me it could be that we were still seeing it in previews and we also had swing for the lead it took a little while to get into it but once it did get into full swing i really just i loved it i really did i loved it yeah so a lot of people got solo songs in the second act and most of the songs were company songs in the first act and even then one of those guys was mitch and company that's just because he's going back and reliving being in the band he has people singing back up with him it's not like like that is an i want song kind of i'm just saying spread it out why are you defending it so much? I don't know. I really liked it. And I, okay. I feel like dumb about how much I liked it. But I really liked it. And I don't want you to shit on it. I'm not I liked shitting it. on it. I'm just telling my critiques. I, Do you know what one of my critiques was? What? I wished that Robbie got his own love song with Tawny. Because Robbie was such a fun character. And he barely got to sing at all. And I really wanted him to. Oh, right. Yeah. And he had this very cute meet cute with Tawny at the band auditions. She's a Canadian who makes vegan yogurt. It's called No-Yo. Yes. And she thinks she's going speed dating instead of going to the audition. And they like fall in love at first sight. And they don't really... I mean, they get a little bit of a love song in one of the songs. But not... I really wish that they had gotten a little bit more focus because oh. they were so cute. They were so cute. He also had a very big choice to make. He had like an arranged marriage and then he fell in love with this girl. And you get to see that arc, but I would have liked to hear him sing it. Right. You know? Yeah. I would have preferred to see that versus like, well, Robbie has Finding the One. And that's like a transitional song. I think they could have repurposed that song to be because he just meets her. During the audition. During the audition. That's auditions. what Find the and One is. But that was like a half song. Just like How Does Your Mouth Feel was a half song. And Jersey was a reprise. That was a bit of a half song. Best Day of My Life was a full song. And then What Would Joe Perry Do was a full song. But again, eh. I would have preferred to see a Robbie song than what would Joe Perry do, but I used that for the callback later. Yeah, I would have done that differently. That's awesome. Yeah, I also wish Roxanne had a song because she was awesome. More of a song. I know she had the one workout song. I wish she had one, like a, a song about her. Yeah, uh, I, or even... Or even like a couple of lines in the, exactly. the Sully song, the love song that she got sung to, which was also one of my favorite love songs.
Life without parole. If she had the life bridge. Life without parole is so cute. In life without parole. Or if she had, you know, basically a little explanation for battle for your life and then sang a little more of that song. I would have liked that too. Because she does lead the dancing and does a lot of the stuff. She's helping fun. to whip them into shape. Yeah. Kinda. It's very fun to see the dance back and forth. But I would also would have been okay with that being a dance number between the two bands that are battling each other and her singing it. And singing like some type of philosophy of what battle means or how to hype them up or something like that. Yeah. Because she had a great voice. She was so good. So Mike, do we have a breakout star? Yes, we have a breakout star. Our breakout star, who's actually been in a lot of stuff for only being 16 16. years old, is Sawyer Nunez. So good. Sawyer was great. He played the 16-year-old kid who... Auditions to be in the band. Well, he doesn't audition. He is put in the band because... Uh, Bart, the math teacher, makes him do it instead of detention. It's awesome. Yes, half of the band is in the band via blackmail. <laughs> yes. Robbie's in the band because they're blackmailing them about how he killed the cat by putting it in a dryer. No, he didn't put the cat in the dryer. The cat was already in the dryer. He turned the dryer on. Yes. Also, PSA, make sure your cats aren't in the dryer. <laughs> Ricky is in the band because he's failing math, even though he's we reveal later that he's on the robotics team. Very interesting how he's still failing math. I could also seen him do a song with the girl he liked. He Billy. had a very touching scene with her, though. He did. It was great. Also, though, his song, Hava Nagula, mm, so great. good. Very well done. And me and Larkin were talking about this after the show, where she didn't think that he actually played the electric guitar when he was doing his solos. I just, like, couldn't believe that it was him playing the guitar, because, I mean... We were close enough that I did see them switch it on. And I watched him at some of the songs too, and he was playing the exact same as the actual guitar player who came on stage. And he can actually play guitar in real life. He's got his own music that he does. Yeah, we went into a YouTube hole. <laughs> so he's definitely a talented guitar player. Super talented kid. When I was watching him, I was like, he's actually playing these riffs. And he did a great job and he sounded amazing. He was super amazing. funny. He sounded really great. I just really, really loved him. Yeah. So Sawyer, breakout star. This was a contested breakout star with Tamika Lawrence, who played the love interest of Sully. She played Roxy. Roxy. Roxanne. Uh, the cop who wanted to be a detective. She was a scene stealer, honestly. Yeah. Whenever she was in a scene, I always wanted to watch her. I really liked her. I thought, I wish she had more, more of a role. I was very impressed with a lot of the ensemble in this. They had a very strong ensemble. Oh, wait. Can we, can yes. we, can yep, we talk about the song Second Chances? Yes. Oh, Second <laughs> so Chances. so funny. It's like one of those songs so that it's this guy, he's playing a song on the piano in a diner and it's background music. But it is so... His inspiration is Kenny G. Mitch's mom mentions this when she comes back to town. She says, oh, you should play in the diner. And then we go to the diner and we see the guy, Nick Styler. Nick Styler. Who's playing a ridiculous song called Second Chances <laughs> with some incredible specifics in there where it's basically he's singing a song and he breaks out and crying during it. And he says things like, you took our dog, but our dog's a diabetic. <laughs> and I know you don't like to give him his shots. Why would you do that? And then he also said, I forgive you, even though you left a crack pipe in the baby's cradle crib. Hey, she stole my wallet. Yep. (laughs) Uh, So funny. 
Uh, he was definitely dating some type of crack addict girlfriend. Or wife. Or wife. Very hilarious. It was Very super hilarious funny. Character. And he'd just fade in and fade out as the dialogue was happening. That I thought was staged super well. The staging I, was awesome because everybody... Had something going on. Well, in the restaurant, we're like talking and then he would have these breakouts and everyone would stare at him. <laughs> because it was so awkward. And they wouldn't look at each other and be like, what is this? Or do any of that. They was just like, oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it was a really good very um, well staged very well staged that shared the focus very well i thought it was great that was so funny so mike yeah do you want to read the broadway reviewsical sure this is the broadway reviewsical for getting the band back together getting the band back together is a campy musical with a full cast of off-the-wall characters it's the timeless tale of an underdog fired 40 year old stockbroker going back home to win a battle of the bands to help his mom pay her mortgage if you enjoy Jersey Shore jokes, punchy one-liners, and Bon joviality, open your garage door to this fun musical. We liked it. Three jazz hands. All right. Well, we got some more musicals to see this season. Pretty Woman, The Cher Show, King Kong. Oh, great. King Kong. It's wow. like Jurassic Park, but not as fun. That's a murder mystery, too. <laughs> <laughs> Who murdered all these people? Oh, that, that huge... The, that huge monkey. Yeah. Right. Uh, the it. monkey paws. Yep. That's obvious. <laughs> mystery solved. <laughs> Great. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Rate us on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. And hey, if you want to get in Twitter war with me, I'm all about it. Yeah. We're on SoundCloud, Google Play, and iTunes. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. New York City, the shows are-